Welcome to A.T. Stewart and Sons Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today as we look into the Word of God. So take your Bibles and let's hang out in God's Word for a few moments and see what God would say to us today. This is my personal understanding of the events that will take place at the end of time. Now, every person who studies a revelation or end times with any type of depth, in-depth uh, looking at these passages usually comes up with their own time frame of how things will work out. Now, if you do not have in front of you this schedule of events to take place before and after the return of Jesus the Messiah, let me encourage you to stop the recording if you're listening over the Internet. And I'm getting ready to tell you where you can go and download a copy of this and have it in front of you as we continue this discussion. You can go to wbcfamily.org, our church website, and if you will click on the right bottom section of the home page, you'll see online sermons. If you'll click on that, it will take you to a list of our sermons and scroll down that list until you see the sermon entitled Overview of End Times. If you see that sermon, you'll see a little PDF symbol there. If you click on that PDF symbol, it will bring up this schedule of the events to take place before and after the return of Jesus the Messiah. And you can download that, and you can print it off, and you'll have a copy as we continue through this message. So having done that, uh, I want to give you the events, first of all, that I think will take place prior to the tribulation period. And I think we see this in the six seals that are spoken of in Revelation chapter 6. Now many teachers of end times would place these seals within the tribulation period, but I believe that they will take place prior to the tribulation and in fact, they will usher in the time in history known as the tribulation period. And they will be one of the reasons, and the main reason, why the Antichrist will be able to rise to power. As we look at these, we see the first seal is, I believe, the Antichrist is born. I believe the Antichrist, obviously, will be born prior to the tribulation period. And again, as you listen to the message on the Antichrist that follows this one, uh, you'll see much more detail concerning this subject. And then the second seal is the Russian alliance invasion of Israel or the Middle East. And I think that second seal is actually the war spoken of in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And the third seal is broken, and that's a worldwide famine. And then the fourth seal, a death of one-fourth of the world's population. In today's numbers, that would be 1.7 billion people will be killed. The fifth seal, the martyrdom of Christians. And then the sixth seal is a great cosmic upheaval. Uh, again, this may refer to a nuclear war. I refer you to the message that will follow uh, on this passage uh, to, for more details. But I believe these six seals will leave the world in such a chaotic state that it will be ripe to receive anyone who will promise hope 
as the Antichrist will. This will lead us up to the first three-and-a-half-year period of the seven years of tribulation. And I think as I've given you Roman numeral 2a, the Antichrist rises to power in a ten-nation European federation or confederacy. That's written about over in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, Daniel 11, verses 36 through 45. And the Antichrist is spoken of extensively in Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 18. Now the Antichrist will make a peace treaty with Israel. I believe during the beginning of the tribulation, the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. God will raise up two prophets, as spoken of in Revelation chapter 11. Then God seals the Christians from his wrath in chapter 7 of Revelation. And this prepares us for the trumpets of God's wrath that will begin with the tribulation. And these are spoken of in Revelation chapter 8, verse 7 and following. That first trumpet is fire and hell on the third of the earth. The second trumpet, a burning mass, falls into the sea. The third trumpet, great meteor, falls from heaven on the rivers. And that fourth trumpet, a third of the heavenly bodies are darkened. I believe the false prophet and the one world church will come into full form during this first three and a half years of the tribulation as we approach the middle point of the tribulation. At the same time, the one world political economic system comes into full form as we see over in Revelation chapter 18 and in chapter 13 verses 16 through 17. Also, as we approach the midpoint of the tribulation, Christians will suffer great persecution from the hands of the Antichrist. Now, all of these things, I believe, will take place in the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And then as we reach the midpoint of the tribulation, we begin the second three and a half year period that Jesus called the Great Tribulation. It is at this time that the Antichrist will come into his full power and form and will show his colors as indeed being one who is filled with the spirit of Satan. At the first part of this second three and a half year period of the tribulation, I believe we will see the campaign of Armageddon. And I use the word campaign because I don't think it's just one single battle, but a series of battles. And first being Syria and Egypt will attack Israel, as spoken of in Daniel 11, verses 40 through 45. And the Antichrist will come to Israel to fulfill his covenant that he made with them in Daniel 9, 27. The Antichrist will defeat Syria and Egypt, as spoken of in Daniel 11, 43. And then the Antichrist will set up his headquarters in Israel, in Jerusalem in particular. Then the Antichrist will go into the Jerusalem temple and he will proclaim himself to be God. Here he shows his true character as he puts a stop to the sacrifices that the Jewish worshipers have been performing in the earlier years of the tribulation and he will stop these sacrifices and proclaim himself to be God. We see this over in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Then the two prophets that we saw arise in the first part of the tribulation, they will be killed by the Antichrist, 
but God will supernaturally raise their bodies after three and a half days. We see this in Revelation 11, verse 11. And then the Antichrist will destroy the one world church, as you see in Revelation 17. Though this church has helped him rise to power, he will turn on it. Then under Roman numeral 3, we're down to E now, we see the additional trumpets of God's wrath will be blown. The fifth trumpet is a demonic forces from the abyss are released. Uh, this is in Revelation 9, verses 1 through 11. Then the sixth trumpet is blown, and a demonic host of 200 million strong will kill a third of mankind. Then the Antichrist continues to persecute Christians during this second half of the tribulation. And then God's bowls of wrath are poured out toward the end of the tribulation. The first bowl being malignant sores, we see in Revelation 16, verses 1 and 2. The second bowl, the sea becomes blood. The third bowl, the rivers and springs become blood. The fourth bowl, scorching heat and sun. The fifth bowl is darkness. And the sixth bowl of God's wrath, the Euphrates, dries up. Now with the drying up of the Euphrates River, China and other kings of the world began to move toward the Middle East to wage war against the Antichrist. All the powers of the world will be gathered in the Antichrist, excuse me, in the Middle East to make war. This time as we're approaching the end of the tribulation, there will be a great conversion of Jews to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We see this in Zechariah 13.1 and in Romans 11.26. And then, simultaneously with the return of Christ, I believe we will have the rapture of the saints. The resurrection of the dead in Christ and the transformation of those who are living in Christ. Probably if you have read much about end times and read many books on the subject, probably the person that was writing the books said that the tribulation would take place after the rapture. Now, I personally believe that the church will go through the tribulation and that the church will be raptured when Christ returns. I know this is not the most popular view, though it is the most historical view. The historical premillennialism uh, goes back to the early church, the first couple of centuries. This was the primary teaching of the church fathers. Uh, toward the end of this teaching series, I will give a detailed lecture on why I believe the church will go through the tribulation. But for now, uh, we will just study as we come up to that point. And I would trust if you believe the church will be raptured, uh, don't let this dissuade you from listening to uh, this series on end times. Look at it this way. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the church will be raptured before the tribulation. But what if I'm right? Hadn't it and wouldn't it be better for you to be prepared to go through the tribulation and find that you don't have to go through it, than for you to think you will be spared the tribulation only to find out that you were wrong and you must go through it and you're not prepared. So I would encourage you to prepare for the tribulation, and then if we are raptured out before it, so much the better. Praise the Lord. But if we do have to go through it, we will be prepared. 
And then Jesus comes in great glory with his raptured saints, and he defeats the Antichrist and his followers. That's in Revelation 19, verses 11 through 21. And then we have the seventh bowl of God's wrath. And these will be simultaneous events. The one world government is destroyed. So the rapture of the saints, they'll be raptured up to meet Christ in the air as he's coming back in great glory and power, and they will descend with him. They will defeat uh, the armies that have gathered in the Middle East to make war. They will defeat the Antichrist and his followers, and the one world government will be destroyed as well. After Jesus returns, the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire. Satan is sealed in the abyss, that's a prison house of demon spirits, for a thousand years. Christians are judged for their deeds, and they are rewarded. You find that in 1 Corinthians 3, 12-15. Then we'll have the marriage of the Lamb to his bride, the church. And then there will be the judgment of the nations, spoken of in Matthew 25, verses 31-46. And then there will be the thousand-year reign of Christ and his bride on earth, known as the Millennial Kingdom. And then after this thousand-year reign of Christ, Satan is released to bring one last rebellion against God. And then Satan will be defeated, and he will be thrown into the lake of fire, which is hell. And then the wicked will be resurrected, and they'll be judged at the great white throne of judgment, we see this in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And then the judged wicked, those rejectors of Christ, will be thrown into the lake of fire or will be thrown into hell. And then the new heaven and the new earth will come down to earth and there will be joyful bliss with our Savior forever. And we see this in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. Now, the schedule of the events to take place before and after the return of Jesus Christ will give us the structure for our study of end times. And so it would be helpful for you to have this sheet with you, to familiarize yourself with it, to take time to read the scriptures that go along with the various points. Now, again, this is my understanding. It, I make no claim to be infallible at all. Uh, feel free to disagree with me about this. Uh, but this is from my understanding and study of end times. This is the way I see things falling out or coming together. Uh, so I would encourage you during our study uh, to have this sheet available, and then you can follow along and see how everything fits together. I trust that our study of end times will be beneficial to each of us, and we should remember that when Scripture speaks about the end times, it does not do so to satisfy any curiosity we might have about end times, but it does so to call us to be vigilant and to always be prepared for the coming again of our Lord Jesus. Because in reality, the moment a person dies, Jesus returns for that person. And so we must be prepared through a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we die, we must stand before God. And the only way we can stand without sin, without condemnation, is to be clothed in the blood of Jesus Christ. To be clothed with His righteousness 
that he accomplished for us through his life, through his death, through his resurrection from the dead and his ascension into heaven. And so let me encourage you, if you've not done so before, that before this day is out and over, that you will surrender your will to Jesus Christ as your Lord and trust him as your Savior. That you will completely throw yourself upon his mercy, being willing to turn away from anything that is not pleasing to him. That's repentance. Now, you're not able to turn away on your own, but if you're willing to turn away, and you come to him in simple faith, realizing that he's done everything necessary for you to have your sins forgiven, and for you to have eternal life and spend eternity with God in heaven, that you cannot add anything to what he has done. You do not deserve salvation, but it is offered to you as a gift of his grace, and you receive it through faith, believing that he is the Son of God, he is your Savior, and he has done everything you need to walk in salvation. And you place your will under his will, you desire to live for him, and invite him into your life as your Lord, as your King, as your boss, trusting him to be all that you need giving him all that you are and receiving all that he is unto yourself as an act of simple faith and surrender that will give evidence of the work that God has already done in your life, that he has brought you to this moment by his divine grace and in his perfect time. So I encourage you to come to that place that you call upon the name of the Lord that you might be saved. Until next time, May God's grace bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.